Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Auntie Max, and today is Aloha Friday. It's a day of the week where you can sit back, relax, and listen as I interview former residents of Hawaii as they share their journey of relocating elsewhere and living abroad. In this episode, I'm talking story with Honey Girl Ho Pedro. She's a native Hawaiian, also known as Kanaka Maoli. She's from the island of O'ahu, from the Ahupua'a of Hakipu'u. I've known Honey Girl and her family for many years. In fact, at one time we used to work together at Hakipu'u Learning Center. It's a Hawaiian charter school in Kaneohe on O'ahu. And she did some awesome things working with our students there. For the whole time that I've known her, she's always been very athletic, very active, going out and doing things. She loves her skateboard. I would always see her with a skateboard. And she's just a very active person. Her family is very strong in the culture. In fact, her family is founders of the Hawaiian Charter School. Also, they are very strong with food service. Their food is to die for, I'm telling you. Hawaiian food that they make. In fact, one of their one of her uncles, Uncle Kealoha, was one of the cooks that was on the Hokulea, the canoe from Hawaii that went around the world. The whole family is just awesome, awesome people. And I'm so honored that she agreed to share her story because now she lives abroad. She lives on the mainland but I want her to tell you about that journey because it's a really really interesting story so with that let's get to it and let's talk story aloha honey girl thank you for being here aloha auntie mahalo for having me here okay so why don't we get started if you can at least introduce yourself and share where you came from and also, a little bit of, or as much as you want about your journey on relocating away from Hawaii. Okay. Um, uh, aloha e kako, o honey girl kaiulani keala, o Pedro kouinoa, noho ao i oahu, o ahu poa o hakipu'u. And so I first left the islands. Uh, for school purposes, I went to University of Oregon um, in Eugene, Oregon. And then it was just a series of back and forth. Um, you know, I went to college, then my grandpa got sick, so I went back home. And then I was, and then I worked at home for a bit. Um, you know, just like trial and error, just like following, like pretty much always pursuing like what was, what I was passionate about. So at the time, I was passionate about books and uh, coffee, and I worked at a bookstore and a coffee shop. Um, and then the two years that I went to college, I actually paid that off and was out of debt. And so because I was out of debt, I went on this super long road trip from California to Washington, um, kind of solo style. You know, I never have a car. I did a lot of like train rides, bus rides, and ride shares. Um, 
And then kind of on there, I met like a bunch of people on that journey and they kind of inspired me to move back to the States um, and pursue more of my interests. So one of my main interests that has been with me throughout my childhood and my adult life is skateboarding. Um, so when I was going to college originally, uh, we were in the work and the process of building a skate park under a bridge and kind of like 2012, 2013, um, that fire got reignited. Um, so they actually kind of made a call back for all of the skaters too, who were at the first committee meeting. Um, and in 2015, the park was officially built. So, um, and I've been working in the skate community for the city of Eugene, I don't know, since ever since. Um, so I've started like skate programs here. Um, what's cool about this one is like Oregon is a very rainy state and we built the park, we built the skate park under a bridge, which means we can skate there 20, you know, like all, all year long, no matter the rainy season. Um, so we started after school programs. We also started like a free program for low income families where we provide all the skate gear and we provide free instruction um so because it's free it's a first come first serve basis but we pretty much are full all the time every time so like every weekend so it's only like two so it's on the weekends and it's two days Tuesdays and Thursdays so we have four days a week where we do the free program and then in the spring and the summer we do paid programs um, just because they're a little bit more intensive. So it's like more one to four ratio. So a closer ratio for like better instruction. Um, whereas, you know, in the free program, it's like whoever shows up, if we can handle it, we'll take it. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. And then honestly, yeah, I guess the, my journey in the States have been, you know, all, really all about pursuing my interests from skateboarding. I discovered snowboarding. I was very resistant to doing anything in the snow, but my friends got me going one day. I fell in love with that. So I ended up moving to Idaho, McCall, Idaho for winters. So now I travel seasonally. Um, so winters, the past three winters, I've been in McCall, Idaho um, teaching snowboarding. So teaching, and group management, you know, I've just had that under my belt for forever already. But snowboarding, actually, that I had to learn. And I picked up on it pretty fast, probably because of my skateboarding, you know, experience um, and background. But yeah, I fell in love with snowboarding and uh, learned how to kind of work on the go, if that makes sense. So now I do seasonal work. You know, at first you're like, oh, I can only stay for three months. You're not going to think you're going to get a job. But if you're a solid worker, they want you for as, as long as they can have you. And so for me, it was always, it's seasons now. So I spend um, right now my summers. So this last year, I actually spent my summer and winter in Idaho and then my spring and the fall in Utah doing mountain biking because I just discovered mountain biking so now I'm like oh gotta 
And, you know, all of these hobbies and interests are kind of expensive. So it's a lot easier to just like immerse yourself. Like it's a, a lot more financially feasible to immerse yourself in these cultures. You know, so in Idaho, um, I am associated with a mountain, Brundage Mountain Resort, and they have employee housing. So that makes like my cost of travel so cheap. Um, it's a nine hour drive and maybe about like cost $100 to fly back and forth. So I have multiple options of getting to and from um and I have uh, an apartment in Oregon and I have just like a roommate again to like offset costs and then when I'm in Utah I actually I just bought a van and I live in a van <laughs> so I live the dirtbag life in Utah but it's the weather allows for that and then Utah itself is you know like the housing situation there is horrible and so a lot of people who come and work in Utah also live in their vans and so there's like a bunch of like free showers there's a bunch of like just local facilities that like cut like the infrastructure of Moab like allows for people to be living out of their vehicles like it's very feasible for that um you know they offer like ways to like clean your vehicles like it free air everywhere you go every gas station you know free water refills super cheap showers so they just have facilities there so basically how do you, how yeah. do you find those facilities um what has worked for me the best is word of mouth so once i get to a location i just ask questions you know you just like, okay, like you go to your local 7-Eleven, you know, because it's like, okay, you know, get high traffic, get people who go there all the time, locals and passersby, right? So you can ask your local 7-Eleven. Um, in Utah, there's the library. Um, you know, always find your local library, dude. Local libraries always have bulletin boards with like information for everybody. And honestly, they, yeah, at the local library, it says like locations for free showers, locations where you can take a shower, locations where... Uh, where there's free public Wi-Fi. So yeah, check out your local library. It's like full of resources. Also your local bookstore. Bookstores and libraries are always going to have information for the public. Wow, that's really good to know because I don't know, I've, I'm sure you've seen me and uncle, we go on a lot of road trips, but we don't, we always got to do our research before we go, but checking out the local libraries, that's a great idea. Yeah, local libraries and then um, local coffee shops. So like, you got to think about what what in this area produces high traffic where you can ask questions. Um, and then also um, bars. So libraries, bookstores, coffee shops, and bars. Always hubs of information. Especially like, you know, especially in the night scene, you know, people like once they are, you know, have a few drinks in them, they are more willing to talk, you know. Cause you know, you go to the coffee shop, people they kind of busy, occupied. They gotta get their coffee in them, you know. Maybe that's not the greatest time, but unless you're going for like five days in a row and you see the same five people, then you know it. You create a familiar space, so they're more willing to talk. But anytime you just show up to a new spot, you hit the local bar, you know, you buy people a few drinks. Oh, it just information just flows. You're like, oh, what's a cool local hike that I can go on? Like, oh, what's there to do here? You know, and then, um, so these 
areas that I have traveled in particular are high tourist industry areas. Um, and so a lot of the locals actually like, doors open. It's crazy. People are just like, oh, how long are you in town for? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just passing through for a week. They're like, OK, if you need a place to stay for a night, my door is open. Take my number. So honestly, I've just like, you know, I just miss Aloha and Balaal with everybody and anybody. And that is where most of my doors have been open and like where I have chosen to like. Where I've chosen to go. Like, that's how I chose to like go to these states, like, um, you know, finding Macaw, Idaho. I was asking some friends in Oregon, like, okay, I want to be better at snowboarding. What should I do? And they said, oh, you should work at a mountain, but not a big corporate mountain. You should work at like a small locals only mountain. And so I looked around and then uh, my dad, them actually lived in Idaho for a little bit. So, and my brother was actually working at a resort. So I called him and I was like, hey, what's, what's up with your resort? Like, is it a big mountain? He's like, no, it's a small mountain. And I was like, I was like, it, is there jobs for me there? Can I like live with you for a season? So, um, yeah, I got a job right away. I was actually the cook for the daycare. <laughs> so, you know, always really sticking to my roots, right? Cooking was always in the family. Um, that is true. That is true. <laughs> yep. Kids was always in the family. Teaching yep, was always in the that's family. Your Honestly, these three different things have gotten me so far in life, I feel. So it's like, oh, I can cook, yeah, for 100 kids, <laughs> easy, regular that. <laughs> I know, for those of you listening, yeah, Honey Girl comes from an awesome family that feeds communities. <laughs> so great, you keep up with your, your same, your skills. And yeah, yeah. the rest of the community somewhere else, my guy. Yep, yep, and, you know, and honestly, taking the same ethics too, you know, like cooking from scratch, like, I mean, it wasn't Hawaiian food, so it was like different kind of stuff I had to learn. But, you know, I was like kneading dough for baking like DIY pizzas or calzones. Like, I was like full on cooking from scratch, different food and for like a different group of people. But, you know, I always diversified the menu to make sure that it was like, you know, healthy for the sport because these kids are also skiing as well. You yeah, know, they're yeah. on the mountain too. They're in it. We're putting these kids through extreme situations so you know food is key um and you know not just like making any kind of food like there's some like making food that these kids will actually eat that they're not just going to look at and like put on the side and we just get plenty leftovers so that was also like something that the company had valued in me uh covid shut that down so i no longer have that job but oh. uh I started teaching snowboarding. I was able to like take that first year and like develop my skills. And then, um, and what's cool about working through the mountain um, was that they started just certifying me. So through the mountain, I got my level one PSIAA uh, certification. So I'm actually like a professional snowboard instructor. Cool. Certified. And I can go all over the United States and international with the certification. Cool, because yeah. I know you just you've always had a skateboard everywhere you went in Hawaii, <laughs> and now you're doing s- snowboarding. That is awesome. So I know cool. I just cool. have so many boards. So <laughs> for snow, for concrete. Um, yeah, and then so for the three winters, it 
you know, you kind of see people who are very similar to you, you know, because like, so I met a few friends in the winter who I only see in the winter because they have like a life elsewhere, right? And they come from all over. Like, uh, there's a bunch, one of my best friends now, um, he comes from Florida and I come from Hawaii and this is our first year snowboarding and we're just like, yeah, just decided we wanted to snowboard. So like just the two of us from tropical places both wanting to do a snow sport, we just thought it was super funny. And we really bonded over it. So, you know, he goes back to his people's when it's not winter season. I go back to doing what I do when it's not winter season. And uh, he, so in the spring, he was going to Moab, Utah. And that's how I ended up in Moab, Utah. He's just like, yeah, there's a lot of money to be made over there. So you never know, right, what I'm chasing. But so in Utah, I was chasing the money, right? I wanted uh there's some projects that I want to start up. So I need like capital for that. Um, so, you know, working at, what I've learned is that working in tourist towns, doing um, service industry, big money to be made fast, big, fast money to be made. Um, so I was working as a bartender in Utah and I was working at a bike shop, right? Again, it's like, okay, you know, my first five days there, you know, I was like going in, going to the coffee shops, hitting the library, hitting the bars. And they're like, what is there to do in Utah? And it's like, okay, mountain biking. I was like, cool. Got a job at a uh, bike shop. Because, <laughs> you know, for the benefits, right? You get employee purchases. You get, um, you know, basically 25 to 50% off of um, gear and Part of it too was I can rent bikes for free. So like, okay, for me who was like unskilled and I don't have my own bike, um, that's just the cheapest way to start, right? So I was being, I was able to ride like five thousand bike, five thousand dollar bikes for free, basically once a week. And so that, and so that's kind of where I started riding bikes. So that's a new hobby of mine. And then through working at the bike shop you know you meet other people who are passionate about bikes you know you share your story and they're just like oh I have a bike for sale so I was able to buy like a three thousand dollar bike for a thousand dollars you know what I mean so it's really wow. just yep so really just like talking story has <laughs> gotten me so far and then just being genuine and passionate about what I'm doing too. It's like, oh, I love it. You know, I went on three mountains, I went on three bike rides, but I don't have my own bike yet. And they're just like, you know, the more you tell that story to people, they're just like, oh, I like help you out in your passions. Like when you're passionate about something and you share that with other people, they like want to help you fulfill your dreams, you know? And I'm the same way too, you know? I see people, like they tell me their story and I'm like, oh, this is what I have learned. And I share everything that I have learned to help them on their journey. So really, I feel like um, I'm just creating a different sort of community. Like with the technology that we have, I've been able to keep in touch with everybody, you know? And that's also kind of how I orient my Instagram now is like, people just follow my journey see where I'm at see what I'm doing why I'm doing it I try to relay all of this information to in my posts and whatnot but you know and like that's how my friend list and my followers keep growing it's like I just keep meeting people who are also following their own passions you know some people are in Moab to take photos because you get 
the bet like the lighting there is just so amazing right and then you just like the sky is big like when you don't have like a bunch of mountains reaching the sky like you can just see plenty sky you know? <laughs> you, yeah you're just like wow that's a lot of sky you know like for me that's like how, how i feel about the ocean like wow it's plenty ocean you know it looks endless like that's crazy like in oregon like the sky is not as big because there's it's mountainous Right, and so you see the mountains reaching the sky. You cannot see past the mountain. Whereas, like in Utah, you look left, right, north, south, east, west, and it's just like sky, 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 sky. You can see peaks upon peaks upon peaks. Like you can see that there is mountain, but they're far, far away. You know, and mainly all you see is the sky. So that's also like a passion of mine is like Earth. You know, exploring Earth and what we as humans can do with it. You know, sustainability has always been like a thing for me. Um, you know, sustainable practices. So part of my journeys is learning how to be sustainable in these different ecosystems. Like my diet is different when I'm in Idaho because it's winter. Like I, I eat, I just crave different foods too. And then like I have different energy levels. So if I keep, so if I go from like Oregon to Idaho, boom, my diet changes right away um I eat more fatty foods I eat more meat uh because it's colder there um in Oregon I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables like I'm a lot more vegetarian here um just because like Oregon is very life-giving there's a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables oh everything tastes oh no um the meat industry is kind of hit or miss over here so I don't really eat as much meat in Oregon, but the meat industry in Idaho is amazing. Everything tastes delicious. And like, um, you know, the animals are very well taken care of, but Idaho is also considered high desert. And the weather is so extreme that actually fruits and vegetables don't really grow there very well. And I think it's junk because it's like processed and imported. Like Cisco provides all, because I'm living in a small town there. It's like population 700 real tiny um so you know you're not getting local stuff and like there aren't farms like farms are like maybe like an hour away from the town I was living at so you're not really getting fresh anything except for meats and animals um and you know it's fresh if it's elk because people just hunt that so like nobody farms elk so if you go to like any restaurant and they have elk there you know that's the freshest meat available Mm -hmm. so kind of learning your area yeah like what's local around here um i love the experiences that you've been through it's unreal and, and yeah you're just talking about about food and sustainability i know that's your your family thing you know where does this food come from you know and is it fresh? yeah who did this <laughs> right it's so awesome <laughs> <laughs> i know i i try to follow your um instagram account and yeah I see you at all different kind of locations and that is so good I'm so uh, so happy you're you're still young so you can go out and do all of that so um you being that's that's like life school of life yeah just going I mean, through yeah and I say yeah the learning is in the doing I just gotta go do it right all right, <laughs> ike, right? Ike, so like, yeah. my roots have just stayed with me everywhere I go um, that is awesome. awesome and I know that one of your questions was like, is there any um, practices, like Hawaiian practices that I still do in the States? I feel like my way of life is very makahana and very Hawaiian and ethic. Um, 
you know, I always like make sure in all that I do, like I live Aloha and have like come from like a standpoint of Aloha. Um, and so every time I enter a new place, um, I always try to find a vahipana to do oli, you know? So I always make, wow. you know, my yep. so every time I enter a new place, like, you know, when I first got to Idaho, you know, I went to the top of the mountain, did my introductory oli and my mo'oku how like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> I love Idaho, it. You know? I love it. So, so I oli a so lot. You can, you can take the, um, you can take the Kanaka out of Hawaii. But you can't take Hawaii out of the Kanaka, no, right? For so. real. And you know what's cool is I get a lot of feedback, you know, like because people can tell that I am Hawaiian. Like I'm not just from Hawaii, right? It's like it's in my accent and then it's like and just like my mannerisms, you know, because like not all the time am I by myself, you know, like sometimes when I first enter a new place, like I get friends with me and I'm just like Y'all, I'm going to stop right here and do an ollie right now. And they're like, what is that? You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna chant. I'm going to introduce myself to this place. You know, and so they just kind of, um, uh, so they just kind of watch and they're like, why you do that? How come you do that? And they're like, you know, and then they kind of tell my story too, you know, because like, okay, you know, like, Obviously, I'm Wahine, so I don't actually go to the bars by myself. I'm always with a friend. Um, so, you know, when we do that, you know, then they'll tell the story like, oh, yeah, was that the, you know, people like, oh, what did you, what kind of adventures did you do today? You know, they're like, oh, we hit this mountain. You know, honey girl did a chant like, oh, chicken skin. You know, like it's chicken skin for them, but it's like, it's proper for me. It's like protocol, it's automatic. You know, it's like, how you just enter a place, you know, introduce yourself. Hello, you know, right, um, right, right, yeah. So it's like, so that's how I feel. I only a lot, actually. Um, I only a lot when I'm like sad and I miss home. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have a bunch of hala up here, so I also weave hala a lot. I make my own kind of stuff. I just like to make stuff for myself, you know. Like I was always into crochet. Now I am into hala. So <laughs> I'm always weaving and twisting I, stuff. <laughs> I remember you always crocheting things, and um, I saw some of the photos that you were still doing some of your crochet. And I was like, yeah, I remember her teaching the kids that. And hmm, in fact, I got two new grandbabies. Maybe I should hip, yeah, uh, hook up with her. Up. Her. I need some booties or something. Oh my you know? gosh, I started making the cutest booties for the baby. So yeah, hit me up. It's so fast to make. My business page is Honey's, Honey's Hoods. Honey's Hoods and there Goods. You, there you go. Plug, plug. There you go, girl. You know, people ask, how, can you, how do you afford this? It's like, okay. Um, my bills are very minimal. I live pretty minimalistically. You know, working at a bar, you drink for free. Working at a bike shop, you ride, you get to ride bikes for free. Working at a mountain resort, you get to snowboard for free, right? You get a free pass. So, like, honestly, I don't pay for a lot of stuff. You know, because, like, woo, snowboarding, like, passes, like, to just one mountain, 800 to $1,200. 
If you just go and ride for a day, $100 to ride for the day. It's like, oh my God, that's expensive. So, wow. So now I was wondering if we can kind of redirect the conversation and talk, sorry, a little bit about home. Okay. Um, if you can maybe compare some things of what you're doing now and you're exploring, were you able to do any of that at home in Hawaii? And at what kind of degree? Um, kind of. So I guess home is, I don't know, home is like the heart rate, very sacred to me. And so basically we were taught in life to like respect the land. So I don't actually know how to do that at home like say for example um <laughs> the only place we can go snowboarding at home is on Mauna Kea but a part mm-hmm. of me doesn't want to do that because Mauna Kea is a sacred mountain you know what I mean exactly um, so the way it's just changing the way that you live depending on where you are living so like I just do different stuff at home like surfing surfing is like same same right as like what I do in the states like because it's, it's ocean related right like you look at what that area can provide for you and so if I'm pursuing like joy and life interest then surfing is the way you know uh, snorkeling diving right going deep like going even deeper in the ocean right go like you know testing your limits like how long can I hold my breath how deep can I go you know how big of a wave can I surf you know, how big of a fish can I catch? How much fish I can catch? Where I can catch fish? You know, how's my tronet skills, right? So it's like, these are things that I'm always measuring against myself, you know? And like, you know me, I'm allergic to seafood, so I can only throw the net one time after it's been washed. So, <laughs> so you know, I don't get to do a lot of it, but yeah, these are things that that's just like, that's just what home is and then also to um the balance that I have found is like I don't necessarily need to do stuff when I'm at home home is like where my family is so a lot of it is just it's just time spent with Ohana right because then you know I'm gallivanting the rest of the year so I do go home a lot actually um, and especially lately, I make enough money to where I can afford to go back and forth now that was like something that was a dream of mine where I was able to afford to go back and forth as often as I can. So now actually I go home for like every three to four months, maximum every six months. And I'm able to stay for two weeks or like 10 days to a month each time. So I cut you. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, there was like some years where like I never go home and all it was was just phone calls. But, you know, that's just like me being young and like building myself and like, learning what I want to do you know and like figuring out how to like manage my finances but now I'm in a position where I figured it out (laughs) and I'm able to like make going home for me very feasible that's great yeah you got to go home and rejuvenate yeah see the ohana spend time build memories and then go back and do what you do yep exactly everybody keeps having babies you know my auntie i'm just being more and more auntie so oh you just need plenty of money for the cakes plenty of money to travel right? it's like almost oh right 
<laughs> How about sharing with us some fond memories that you may have had from home? Because I know you got many. Oh, I have so many. Um, I mean, my time at Hockey Pu'u uh, was pretty killer. You know, like it was in hindsight. You know, these memories were always like valuable to me just because these are my best friends, you know, my family. Like they're already close to my heart. But in hindsight, these memories are close to me because we really was like the first of its kind, you know, at Hakipu, you know, like chanting, you know, having like only battles and like makahiki, you know, like that's, I feel like, yeah, that's like testing your limits, like from island to island, you know, school to school, like how big is your aloha spirit, right? So like that kind of competitive spirit was pretty fun and like, yeah, definitely gathered super fond memories. Um <laughs> And yeah, I guess a lot, a lot of my fondest memories are just like the ridiculous times I spent with my ohana, you know, like, like when we was young and we were pretending to be Pokemon and Digimon at the beach, you know, like role playing with like your many cousins, you know, like, oh, we all go hiking, we get lost, you know, we all get in trouble together, you know, we have like sand fights, like these are all like, these are all super fond memories for me it's awesome awesome having a great childhood and you know all the time that you grew up in Hawaii yeah good memories yeah just gallivanting yeah I was just I'm pretty much just gallivanting on bigger land but I'm pretty pretty much the exact same thing as I did at home you know (laughs) (laughs) well honey girl I'm so glad that I was able to talk star with you um before we and today, I was wondering, do you have any message that you would like to share with people out there, especially those from Hawaii that had to relocate or even thinking of relocating now? So you have any kind of message that you would like to share? I do. Is to, is to just do the thing. It's to just do it. You know, when I was first kind of like on this journey and on this mission, a part of like things that would like affect my heart in a heavy way was, oh, how can I afford to go home? Right. Like, oh, I miss it. Like, oh, everything is too expensive. This and that. Basically, I was focusing on the problem. Right. But here I am actually like living my best life and like I don't focus on the problem anymore. Like now I focus on the solution. Right. Like, how can I make this work? how can I go home? And like, because I've been doing this for like a few years now, I trust the process, but just take that initial step. Like if you like go home, just go home. Like don't let all of the weird stuff in your head stop you. Like, oh, I feel like a failure if I go back home. Oh, I've been fighting with everybody. It's like, dude, just go home. And like, once you're home, like, everything changes my perspective changes my my thoughts change you know literally upon landing like upon landing I'm like oh I made it I did it like it doesn't even matter if I can afford this you know and like life will provide you the answers and like if you take the steps right then the path will open but like honestly you're not going to see the path until you start walking it right And so I kind of just had to take this leap of faith of like, oh, well, you know, if I'm at home, I'm not working. Like income is not coming my way, but it doesn't even matter. Cause like once I'm home, like I get so much different fulfillment in life that it's like when I go back to the States, it's like, okay, time to make money again. That 
I like I've learned to find balance. And so if I could just encourage other Hawaiians to continue to go home and like make this back and forth life feasible, I encourage that. Also, I think that's the Hawaiian way. We were always navigators and sea voyagers. You know, now we just live in a time of modern technology where we can fly. So it was always in our roots to travel, to learn, and to take all of that knowledge back home to like reinvest in our community. So that's kind of what I'm building now. And I encourage like all others, especially Hawaiians, because like we get real sad when we're away from home for too long. So go home. <laughs> I love that. It's going to work out. Great message. Thank you so much, especially entwining that with our history and you know our roots about being navigators. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. And we got to go back home. Just do it. Go back home, get rejuvenated, and then go back and do what you do. Right? Yep, exactly. Oh, it's, it's balance. It's a different way of life. You know, I'm not stable in a sense, you know, but I'm like stable in a sense because I like I hit the same mountains I hit every season. I typically kind of tend to go home during the same months. So it's like it's pretty reliable. You know, you can depend on me coming home and, and this month and on that month. So like because it's a habit, you know, people now adjust, like people at home adjust for like me coming home and they may free up their schedule so they have time for me. And um, now all of my work spaces in the States are like, oh, when are you going home? How long are you going home for? You know, and they adjust uh, the work they have for me <laughs> knowing that I can be gone. So, you know, I'm just building familiarity, building a little schedule in like, diverse community across multiple states that's awesome i want to thank you honey girl for being such a great representative out there in the big world from hawaii you're doing great you're practicing your your culture you're sharing that aloha and just overall you're just doing an awesome job and learning from the school of life so mahalo yeah. mahalo mahalo thank you so much okay of course yeah. yeah mahalo for asking me no problem no problem i know we can continue and you know talk sorry forever but i gotta let my listeners go and enjoy their life so not a problem and you too you too thank you for joining me today okay you have a great day mahalo everyone okay mahalo see gang I told you that was an interesting interview. Wow, what a strong wahine willing to take on this big world. I hope you guys saw value in that interview and learned as much from Honey Girl as I did. So please share this episode with your family and friends. And make sure you subscribe to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast Show so you can get early notifications once new podcast episodes are released. All right, everyone, time to hele. You guys have a mic cut day. This is Auntie Max signing out. Aloha.